In my original opening statement, I said I'm not approaching this from an Islamic point of view. The reason being is I want to know why a Christian believes Jesus is God from what he reads in his Bible. Now, Carlton can try and shift it to the Quran, saying, oh, you should believe the Bible. Well, this is exactly what we're doing. We're showing you the Bible. We're opening the Bible. We're asking you why you believe that Bible, even if that Bible was the one with Muhammad, even if it was, we're still questioning it now. So that's the whole point of it. That's the whole point. I spent 15 minutes stripping away the Old Testament. We questioned the letters of Paul and such, and even the dream. I, you know, the dream revelations at the end, John, I explained how the two different Johns, according to Bible scholars, are not the same due to the writing style. Now, Carlton there tried to make the John of the dream be the John who walked with Jesus. And I'm assuming the one who wrote the epistles of John. OK. Now, he made such a, a beautiful fantasy about these revelations. Yeah, I thought he was going to read from Lord of the Rings next. Yeah, it was there's dragons and all sorts in Revelation. You didn't need to stop with just simple, uh, you know, what you did. It's a dream. There's no way to verify a subjective dream. What you need to do is come from your scripture, come from Jesus. He chose 12 men to walk with him. Listen to their testimony. Did they think he was Jesus? You admitted, no, Jesus wasn't God. He was a man. So you've actually conceded the point. So according to the only source that we have is the New Testament, is the Gospels, you're saying when Jesus walked on the earth, he was a man. So why would anyone think he was God? Nobody would think he was God. But Christians today think he is God. Now here's the question. If people of the time who walked with Jesus didn't think he was God, why do you think he's God? Th this is the question that needs to be answered. Now the problem Christians have and like I said, I, I mean, again, Carlson went into a bit of heretical beliefs again. Jesus was God, then, then transformed to a man and was fully man, then transformed. This is heresy. I think it's Nestorianism or something like that. And this is why I said I don't want to deal with heretical beliefs. I want to deal with mainstream Christianity. So what Christians do, they look for this ambiguity. They look for things that, oh, this, this could be God, this son of man and... I mean, there's verses in the Bible which speak about the son of man as being equal to a worm. Man is a maggot and the son of man is equal to a worm. This is not divine. This is not God. So I don't know why they appeal to this son of man idea as if it proves some kind of divinity. The Alpha and the Omega. What do they think that proves? This is again coming from a dream. What they're trying to say is that, oh, because it's pre-existence and always existed. But no, because we know there are other personalities in the Bible, not part of the Trinity, who pre-existed and were everlasting and had no um, lineage. We know this as well. Now, what I want to ask the Christians, because there's not much to rebut from what he just said, to be honest with you. I was a bit, um, I thought he was a bit stronger than that. I didn't know he was going to bank on one man's dream and that's it. And then we have to accept the dream and that means it's the truth. Ignore what Jesus did walking on the earth. Just go to the dream and, you know, dream what you like. Come on, man. I say, what did I say at the beginning? Logic. What does logic mean? Reason, understanding, intellect, reflection, contemplation. No emotions. Not, nothing to suit what you want it to suit. To squeeze this dragons with seven heads and this and that. Oh, yeah, that's a sudden. Yeah, we've seen the sin of man pointing through. Come on, man. Anyway, why do you ignore explicit teachings of Jesus? Why, why do you ignore them? For example, in the version of Jesus' life according to John, chapter 17, verse 3. I'll start with 17. Jesus spoke to these words, lifted up his eyes to the heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. 
glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. So now we've got a two-way conversation going on here. As you have given him authority over all flesh, so he's been received authority. So he, he, has no, he doesn't have his own authority, he needs to receive authority. That he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this eternal life, that they may know that you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Why do you ignore that? Is that explicit? Is that not Jesus saying you're the only true God? Now, if you're saying there's more than one God, then make that case. That isn't a problem. Then we can deal with that as well. But right now, your stance says if you think Jesus is God, then he is God talking to God. What's going on here? And the God he's talking to has the authority, has the power, gives the permissions. Okay. So there's no co-equals going on here. So I, I don't get it. I don't see what you're doing here. Now, that beautiful verse that Jesus says there is the verse I quoted originally from Isaiah 45. Now he talks about Ezekiel. Ezekiel recognizes the vision. He another vision. One man's having a dream. Yeah, uh, this, was, this, was, this was God. Another man's having a vision. Yeah, this is God. And then he's marrying the two. Did you notice? You notice the heads there and you notice the tails there? Come on. How did Ezekiel know he was seeing God? We, we thought no man can see God and live. What's going on here? How can Ezekiel see God if this is in, truly is God? Um, King James. You like the King James because it doesn't remove verses. Logic, my friend. Why did the King James, uh, why were the verses removed from modern Bibles? Because it's very simple. The King James is based on late manuscripts. It's based on 5th, 6th century manuscripts. Now, this was written in the 16th century before the discovery of the Codex Sinaiticus, which is older manuscripts. And what they found in the Codex Sinaiticus is that there were certain verses missing that were found in the later manuscripts. So they realized these were later additions. So the reason he can't find the verses he craves to support his argument, because they're not there. Which means Jesus never said these words, or these, these things never, never happened, and they were just fabricated later on. This is why he likes the King James. Now, there's a, there's a funny... Oh, okay. And, and I was looking at something in the, the King James Bible where in the King James Bible it refers to Jesus being the Son of God. In the New King James Version of the Bible it says, Servant of God. So now we've got Son of God, Servant of God being used intermittently. Again, what's going on here? Why are you ignoring explicit verses and favouring dreams and visions? It, for me, it doesn't make sense logically. How can a dream of one man on an island somewhere supersede the ministry of Jesus walking on the earth, preaching and teaching parables and miracles, and one dream supersedes the lot? So nowhere in this walking and talking and preaching and teaching does he mention that he's God or he, he will be God again and he was God before. Nowhere does he mention this. And now you're claiming, oh, forget that. Forget what he taught. Forget the 12 disciples he chose to walk with him and, and educate them and teach them all things and such. Forget that. We just go to this dream and this supersedes everything. So basically, all Carlton did in his presentation was Jesus is God because this dream says he is. No hocus pocus or emotion or faith. Thank you. Okay, ready? Thanks. Right. Uh, some of um, Hamza's first questions I'll address first. Is Jesus the one who put Jesus in Mary? Um, obviously not. It's a, it's a good question. But it fails to recognize that Christians say that in the very first chapter of the Bible, the very first verse of the Bible, it begins by saying, um, 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word for God there is Elohim. And when Elohim says, let us make man in our own image, when the spirit moves upon the face of the deep, um, and so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female created he them, that there isn't just the Father who's doing the creation, but it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, clearly, uh, and the prayer was um, that, give me the glory that I had before. Um, so, Jesus is the Son of God. He came from the Father, not from himself. So, um, <clears throat> I'm surprised that you're using logic like that when you must know that the Christian's position is there are three of them. And I've had to waste a minute on that. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 44 verse 6, since you wanted to talk about Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 44 verse 6. Isaiah says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord of hosts. So the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. So there are two Jehovah's in the Isaiah that you're using. So, uh, you know, it's useful to put all the verses together and arrive at a picture than to just uh, use one of them. Um, why the King James Version? I don't really want to say this, but I spent seven years of my life researching why the King James Version is the best. I've written a book on the topic. I can't cover it in 27 seconds. Um, but I don't really, really want to say this. I know what I'm talking about. I've done the research. And maybe we should have a, uh, a discussion into why modern versions, and then I can uh, give you the proper picture. So Paul never met Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 5, and it says, um, when Paul was struck blind and he heard the voice, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. So did Paul meet Jesus? According to Paul, he met him, didn't know who it was, asked the question, and what he saw um, answered and, and said, I am Jesus who you're fighting against. We've got four Gospels, and he, he made a lot about uh, Mark and Matthew. <clears throat> now, <laughs> uh, the reason why there are differences, he says, because these stories evolved. But actually, John Mark was someone who went on the missionary journey with Paul. John Mark did research by talking to primarily Peter to get Peter's story. So that's why Mark's gospel is the shortest gospel. He wasn't an eyewitness and neither was Luke, the physician, uh, an eyewitness. Um, and his is quite long. But Matthew was an eyewitness. So these embellishments aren't evolutions from um, Mark to Matthew. Matthew was an eyewitness. He wrote the full account. So when you read Matthew, you see the full account. When you see Mark, you see an abridgment. Um, Jesus destroys a perfectly normal tree. The purpose of destroying the normal tree is anyone who says they are a Muslim or a Christian or godly and does not bear godly fruit. When he comes again, they may be good people, but they will be destroyed. And he finished that parable by saying, learn the parable of the fig tree. 
All of us here, we say we're religious, we must bear fruit. Some of us bear fruit for the wrong reasons. When Christ comes again, if, if, if we're doing it for the wrong reasons or not doing it at all, we will be destroyed. Um, did Jesus claim to be God? Um, <clears throat> I've, I've already covered that. Uh, there are many people, many Christians who say that while Christ was on earth, uh, he was both God and man. Your logic could sh should tell you that that's not possible. Um, <clears throat> now, um, in your last session, you referred to Revelation as um, like the Lord of the Rings. That is not at all respectful. God says when he's speaking to prophets, he gives them dreams and visions. Daniel chapter 2, a vision is given to King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel uh, sees the same vision. That vision says there'll be four world empires 2,600 years ago. So since you don't think much of dreams, listen to this. Four world empires. The first one will be Babylon. Second one, Medo-Persia. Third one, Greece. The fourth one, Rome. And there wouldn't be a fifth world empire. A dream, he says, as if it's nothing. You do not recognize the power of the word of God, my friend. When God speaks to his people, he speaks through dreams and visions. And to disregard them, you do so at your peril. And you speak as if you have not learned anything since you've become a, 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 a believer. Because the logic you use is the logic that people who don't believe use. These aren't just dreams. And I could show you prophecy after prophecy, vision after vision, and you'd say, whoa. Because they aren't just dreams. Do not disregard them. Three and a half minutes left. Um, three and a half. Oh, excellent. I thought it was about to run out. <clears throat> um, so Numbers 12, verse 6. God said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. When he was walking the earth, he spoke in parables. And they said, why are you speaking parables? So that seeing and hearing you won't see and understand. He gives visions because those that really want to know what God is saying will study those visions. Those visions mean nothing to um, people. In fact, Paul says, and I know you don't like Paul, but I'm going to read him anyway. He says that... Uh, that People of the world cannot understand the spiritual things of God. Um, and now I, not even I can find this. <clears throat> okay, let me not uh, use up my time. Um, <clears throat> so, God speaks to us in dreams and visions. And to not understand those visions, as if you're a man on the street, and to then say that the Bible isn't the word of God and nothing it says is true, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so, I really hope that you will see that these visions of the Bible, these, in fact, the reason I'm a Christian is because I, I grew up as a scientist, went to a grammar school, and when I saw two, more than 2,000 prophecies of the Bible, and science has not disproved one of them, I thought, I need to look into that sort of evidence. And it's those prophecies of the Bible that convince me, no way can these dreams and visions about the future that we see happening today be just guesswork from people. They must be from God. Okay. Um, I think uh, Carlton misunderstood what I said. I don't think I once said none of the prophecies in the Old Testament are true. I didn't say that. I didn't say dreams are not true. I didn't say that either. What I did say to you is how does a dream supersede a walking, talking Jesus with witnesses and chosen and miracles and parables and such? And he never makes this claim. And yet a dream later on, apparently you find the claim there. So my question wasn't the fact that, oh, dreams don't prophesy the future. I have no issue with that. That's not even the topic of debate here. 
topic of debate is, is Jesus God? And you're saying a dream through all of this hocus pocus is actually, yeah, this is, this is a son of man. This is, this is God. Where I showed you, I stripped it away for you. I showed you where to look. I, I, it was like an arrow pointing to it. It's the gospels. This is where Jesus should make such a claim. This is how people should know who he is. When I speak to Christians, they say, oh, yeah, in John, he says this. He says, I am the father of one. And before Abraham was, I am. I hear all of these wonderful statements that they come out with. You've not even touched them. You've gone to a dream. So this is what I didn't understand about this. I wasn't challenging the idea of prophets having dreams. And understand one thing. John of Patmos wasn't a prophet. So his dreams don't count as prophecy, I don't believe. Anywho. Uh, you said um, Christians all believe that God is three. No, they don't. There are many Christians. I mean, you act like from the time Jesus left this earth, everybody was in agreement that Jesus was part of a trinity and the Holy Spirit was part of a trinity and they were all co-equal making up God. This is not true. This is like 300, 400 years later for this doctrine to be created of the Holy Spirit to be actually become co-equal also. There were Christians burning at the stake for refusing to accept this idea. Even in the 16th, 17th century, a, a guy, Michael Servetus, was burned at the stake for writing a book against the divinity of Jesus. So it's no wonder today Christians are in the minority with regards to this because they were burned for believing otherwise. And why did the church burn this guy? They burnt him with his book tied to his belt. And this is what they said at his trial. This is a warning to anybody who comes along trying to make such a claim. So th this idea that God was always three and it's unky dory and everyone believed in this trinity is false. So please don't try and present that. Um, now you say John Mark is Peter. Where'd you get that from? Consulted Peter. So what we're saying now is he's trying to imply that Mark wasn't an eyewitness, but what he wrote was from what Peter told him. Now, the problem he has with that, the most important part of Christianity is the resurrection. Without a resurrection, there is no Christianity, according to Paul, who he does like. Now, we look in the Gospel of Mark in the original, oldest, reliable manuscripts, and there is no resurrection experience, according to the Gospel of Mark. Now, I thought this Mark is supposed to be Peter. Now, according to the Gospel of John... John and Peter raced to the tomb and then they had such wonderful experience with Jesus appearing to them and telling them this and telling them that. And yet in Mark, now remember something. When Jesus passed or left this earth, yeah, for 40 years there was no gospel. There was no story. So imagine for 40 years no one was believing in a, this birth. No one was believing in this resurrection. There was, no, there was nothing. And then Mark writes his gospel no virgin birth, no resurrection. For 10 years we wait for Matthew to write his gospel. Now, if you want to talk about Matthew and the qualities he has, well, we know he creates earthquakes where nobody else records it. So you can say Matthew does the full account. Well, no one else records an earthquake. No one in secular history records an earthquake. No one else records the dead rising from the graves and entering all the towns. We know Mark, Matthew embellishes. It's clear. One minute left. Okay. So that's Matthew um, under the bus. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to my uh, appointment. You, could, you just clearly missed because you went to the very first verse of the Bible. It says that God was working with something. Can I remind you? This is Isaiah. I am the Lord. There is no other apart from me. There is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me. In Isaiah... You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
Before me, no God was formed, nor there will be no one after me. I, even I, am the Lord. Without me, there is no saviour. It's explicit, and you ignore it for trying to make this and that mean that and this. Don't understand it, mate. <clears throat> I mentioned that um, I never do the same presentation twice. <clears throat> it's as if you didn't understand the approach I took. I said clearly that Christ existed before, that he was a, a human on earth, and you refuse to accept that the explanations of him being a human on earth uh, are simply that. Just because you don't believe that um, after his resurrection that the account in the book of Revelation revealing Jesus Christ uh, is accurate, uh, you've missed the point. Because it's after his resurrection, the question is, is, not was, you've addressed the was, why he was on earth. I'm not talking about 2,000 years ago. So my statement was, it depends when you ask the question. You don't seem to have interacted with that. So, is he, according to the book of Revelation, he is. Now let's talk about some prophecies. In the book of Revelation, since John is not a prophet, uh, it talks about there being worldwide religion, a beast that forces worship, that no one will be able to buy or sell. You see all the things that are happening to Islam now? It's because there is a system that the book of Revelation describes that will have one world religion. You guys get in the way of that. And so that one world religion, the religion they want isn't Islam. And so they will make Islam look bad. They will kill Muslims and make it look like, oh, we're actually doing something good to save everyone else. These things are all prophesied in the Bible. You need to read the Bible to understand what's happening to Islam around the world. You think we're surprised. When I first came to the, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, they were saying this in 1981. I now see them coming true. John's not a prophet. You just need to understand the prophecies. Thank you. Right, now, how long was it after Muhammad's death that the Quran was compiled? Oh, okay, I, th I thought it was 12, 12, 15 years. His question was, there were no Gospels after Christ ascended to heaven. Yeah, yeah. It was compiled straight away by the second, second caliph, Abu Bakr. Yeah, you said, you said the question, this, uh, sorry, uh, can you stop the clock, please? Um, are, you, are you interacting now? Because you're going down the wrong road yeah, there. Because the, 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 the Quran yeah. was revealed from the angel Gabriel to the messenger Muhammad sallam, through memory. It was preserved through memory, never once. Yes. When you're talking about... Brother, 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 relax. Yeah, yeah, just finish your afternoon. We're going to pray now. We've got a mother. Okay. My point is, no Gospels were written for 40 years. He said, nobody believed it. Does it matter when the Quran is written and made available pe to people, uh, when people start to believe? Did they not believe it while he was alive and during its uh, distribution throughout um, uh, Arabia? Of course they did. So, you know, what kind of logic are you using that no one believed it because nothing was written? I really don't understand um, <clears throat> the, the approach you're taking. The question, is Jesus God? Clearly he disagrees. It would be better if his disagreement was with the point I made. While on earth, even though this is heretical for many Christians, while on earth, the Bible makes it clear that he 
was not God. He was man. He was made in all points like unto us, other human beings. And so because all of the, the teachers are attacking um, Christians who want to defend that Christ was God even when he was on earth and died uh, and he's God afterwards, it, it, it's, it's a difficult argument to win when the reality is he became a human being to die uh, to save us from our sins so that we might have an opportunity for eternal life. It's important that we try to understand that. Um, so let me just find the, the verse that I was trying to find earlier. I was looking at but didn't realize it was it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Um, it says, and then I will sit down. <clears throat> the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. 